Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Internado, here with my co-host, Steve Anderson. Uh, the Black Knight Nation podcast is host, uh, sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross, his former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer, and uh, he was also a Black Knight Nation pod- podcast guest for us, Steve. And, um, man, we're coming off two podcasts with Nate, Nate Sassaman. That's a lot. And, and we're going to bring in Jody Glore tonight. Uh, 1969 West Point grad. You know, it's an era that we haven't talked much on the podcast about, Steve. And, you know, looking back, there's a lot. They had a ton of success when Jody was there. So, uh, Jody, we thank you for hopping on tonight. Well, I appreciate it. It's fun to be here and be with people who love Army football as much as we do. Yeah, I, I, Jody, I really appreciate it. Coming all the way from Naples, Florida. Um, beautiful area, uh, and, and look forward to hearing from you tonight and just, just hearing about that era. Like I, like Sal said, this podcast, all we want to do is bring all the generations of army football together. And it starts with guys like you guy. I think, I think our oldest, um, is Pete Dawkins, right, Sal? Yeah, that's our oldest. That's our yeah, oldest. So yeah. Pete's Pete's brought it from you know the fifties, and now I think uh, I think you and one other person from the sixties. So really, really looking forward to hearing about the culture, the coaching, the camaraderie, what you guys did back then to to, to dial in. Um, really looking forward to it. So thanks and and uh, look forward to it, Jody. Great, thank you. Uh, the one it make it interesting because Pete Dawkins. Guess who our officer representative was for two years? Pete Dawkins. Yes, wow. not, not, a, it, not a bad guy to have around, Jody. Not a no, bad guy and lived, lived down here in Naples for a while, too. He just moved over to the other side. But, you know, it really was great. We, we uh, started in 1965, went through 69. Uh, we were 8-2, 8-2, 7-3 as a class. Uh, freshman, we couldn't play freshman ball. Uh, the two losses the sophomore year were to Notre Dame uh, at Notre Dame and Tennessee at Tennessee. We won all the rest. The last, the second year, uh, we lost to uh, Navy and Duke in the last second, and we were ranked fifth or seventh in the country till we got beat there. And then senior year, we were seven and three. We lost one we shouldn't have to Vanderbilt, then we lost seven to three to uh, Missouri, which ended up being number five in the country. And us defensive guys weren't happy because Roger Worley ran a punt back. He was all pro, by the way, for a long time and scored seven to three. Then we lost to Penn State, who was number uh, two in the country that year, 28-24 in the last minute at Penn State. So, no, we had good teams. Uh, Tom Cahill, we started our freshman year. Uh, Paul Diesel was there. Then he got ready to do spring ball, and he we had a big meeting in the wrestling room, and he called up and said, geez, I'm leaving them. I'm going to South Carolina. Uh, and so they they looked around. They didn't have any coaches, and we started spring ball. So they made Tom Cahill the uh, acting coach. And basically, uh, and then sophomore year started. And then they brought in three or four guys that could be head coaches anywhere because they weren't necessarily really sure of that. And you know, Tom lasted for a long, good, long time. But it uh, back then, you know, we did wear helmets, face masks. Uh, it was a... It was a different game than it is now, but it was very. We uh, were lucky because our class in 1969 had 100 recruited athletes. Because mm-hmm. what happened was that was the year that they doubled the size of the core. 
So the Corps went from two regiments to four regiments our freshman year because our class was so big. So we brought in about what they're bringing in now, 1,300. But before that, they were bringing in eight or 900. You know, Of course, back in those days, they, they would shoot every third person. So we only graduated at 66%. But so ours had a very good class. And so we had classmates like Charlie Jarvis, uh, who was, did very well, Gary Steele, who played in the big 33 game at Pittsburgh, Steve Lindell. So we had really a lot of great athletes there and uh, in our class because of the uh, doubling the size of the core in, in 1965. So, but well, I think was I, the, um, you know, what you just said there is, you know, as, as an army football who went through some dark years, army football player who went through some dark years and then, you know, ended up going seven to six with a bowl game over SMU. I mean, we were talking about you played uh, Mizzou, you played Penn State, and who was the first team that you got that you mentioned in your in your senior year? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're talking about you know Army might see one of those. You know, we played against Vanderbilt my senior year, but those three teams in the same year. Uh, I mean, that's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty tough schedule um, for anybody. So that's pretty cool that you got all those those experiences and, and everything. But all those teams you listed that you guys lost to in your career, I mean, that's like once, maybe <laughs> once a year, maybe once every couple of years at Army now. Yeah. Well, and, but it's a different game. The athletics is, are different. But uh, – and the coaches that we had, you know, we the, the coaches that when I was there uh, were Tommy Ford was the junior varsity coach who was a running back at Texas. Bill Parcells was our defensive line coach. And I still remember him the last two years saying, this guy's going to go somewhere because he, he was a special coach. Uh, John Makovic, who coached at Illinois. And, and uh, it's just there's so many others. Uh, the guy that there's a couple of guys that, uh, that were also major college coaches. But we had great coaches. Bob Meshack, who was an All-American linebacker at Penn State, came there. And so we had happened, we just so happened that we were there during the Vietnam War, 66, 67, 68. A lot of guys were getting out of college and had a couple of choices, you know. You can join the Army or go to Vietnam or come and coach. So we also had the real good coaches across the board. I know a lot of people don't know Arthur Ash was a coach there, tennis coach there for a while. So we had the opportunity, uh, particularly with coaches, and I'll never forget. I mean, we—that's as good a coaches as I've ever, I've ever seen. A, that did better. I mean, that moved on and did other things in life. And you know, Steve, Steve Yarnell, who was uh, our, my class defensive tackle at 188, uh, ended up uh, uh, going to one of the All-Star games. Uh, was Bill Parcells was his coach, was his mentor. Steve ended up going to the FBI for 21 years, retired, and he was a, I don't know if you ever saw Parcells back in the day, but Yarnell was a security guy at the New York Jets and the Giants. So it's really, you know, but we've been a, a fairly tight-knit group that stayed together fairly well. We're all members of the, you know, a lot of us still go to the Army football, uh, Letterman's golf tournament and all that. So it was a different time. It wasn't better, worse. It was just different. The kids now, it's much more difficult to do the kind of things because we were really cloistered quite a bit and there was nowhere to go, you know, except to practice and all that. So it, it was a great, it was an interesting time, a great time. 
and just privileged to be a part of it. The other linebacker is a guy named Kenny Johnson, who was first team All-American. And I always would kid Kenny and said, Kenny, you know, the only reason they're you're getting all the getting free and blocked is because they're all blocking me every time and all that. But no, we really had some real superstars. I mean, he was first team All-American. He got to go to the uh, the Bob Hope show when they introduced all the guys, and it was OJ Simpson and 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 uh, all those kind of guys. So we had some really special guys, but you could not tell no one no one was different. No one was special. You know, we were just all in it for a team. And we used to have after every game, they'd have a little graveyard in front of the first, uh, in front of the, uh, uh, where the brigade's headquarters. And they would put little tombstones up for every team we'd beat. And so we always had a contest to make sure that we had at least eight tombstones up. Now, I've, I've heard about the tombstones, Jody, and uh, we never did anything like that. I think by the time I got to West Point, I don't know, you know. I was like at the tail end of like where it became real, real PC. So I think we probably could have got away with it. You know, we had General Caslin was a was a commandant for us. Um, yeah. But uh, man, just hearing some of those names, it's it's, you know, I, it's always so cool as a you know as a as a you know, a guy that you know loved Army football and, and really did li- live it every single day and just read about it. And and hearing you talk about some of the names that I've only seen on paper, right? I've only read about them, but never put a face to it. Never heard anybody really talk about them other than like, you know, this guy was a great football. It's, it's cool to hear like, you know, some stories and, and stuff like that. So um, one question I got for you is, is you mentioned it, but I've got to know, you know, you had a great OR and Pete Dawkins. I got to know if he was an intense OR, if he was a guy that, you know, just just gave you guys some mentorship, or was he, like, my OR was Major, now Colonel King. And I'll tell you what, I was scared the crap out of Colonel King when he was Major King at, as our OR. Uh, Pete was uh, Pete, Pete was very good politically. But if you did something wrong, you're in deep kimchi. <laughs> so, so it's it's uh, and so I always used to kid him about that because our uh, sophomore, our junior year, we went and played SMU in the Cotton Bowl the night before the Texas Oklahoma game. SMU that year had won that the conference there were in the year before. They had Mike Livingston and, and another guy that both were pro football players. So we went there and played them. Kicked the snot out of him, 24-6. And uh, we all said, oh, great. Hey, it's, it's down. we can go downtown to Dallas. It's all wait. You know, it's the night before the Texas-Oklahoma game and not a big deal. We, were got, we got to see it in that, that game because our linebacker coach from the year before transferred and was, was the defensive coordinator for Oklahoma. The coach says, no, you can't do that. And uh, so Doc has grabbed me and said, get on this bus with me. So we get in this bus and go up there. And I said, oh, like, geez, you know, what are we doing on it? All of a sudden, I go to SMU, pull in front of some sororities, and these girls got on. And we're kind of getting – I was engaged at the time, so I didn't like But I said, well, this is interesting. So they brought us back. They took all the other team and put them in a room, and they were going to do – show them movies or something. And then they – but they had a band hidden behind that, and they had a dance. So we, all the girls – we got all the girls. They filed in. They opened up the thing. So we had a little party. So the coaches – they wouldn't let us go downtown, so they brought the party to us. 
that's um that is that is taking care of your guys right there because well they did Pete, and Pete did a, they did a really good job of that. Uh, I'll tell you, everyone, what, I, I tell you, I would have, I had a few guys on our team that would have found their way to that game if <laughs> if there was not a, an alternate choice for sure. And uh, you know, R O R, you know, Major King now Colonel King. Uh, would have had our ass afterwards, but <laughs> luckily, well, I remember, I, I remember, I remember you at the uh, at the at your game because I went I went to that game. It was, that was one sponsored by Garrison when he was running Bell Helicopter. Did you know John yeah. Garrison? Yeah, yeah. He, that was a game, right? No, I remember. I went to that game and uh, watched you, and was very proud of how you guys won that one because that was not an easy game. No, it was. Um, it's funny because you know you you just said your junior year you beat you beat SMU. You know it took me to my senior year, but we, you know we, we got that in common. Won a bowl game against SMU, huh, Jody? That's right. Well, we you, you know our junior year we were uh, Herbert said that got us an invitation to the Sugar Bowl, hmm. and. What happened was then it was like okay because we were supposed to play somebody and then they. The secretary of the army said, "No, we're at war in Vietnam. Therefore, therefore, you can't go to the Sugar Bowl." So yeah. back in those days, long, long time ago, they used to have Sugar Bowls that were silver. So somebody, so a group of guys from weren't football players, but a group of guys that happened to be from the company I was in, and I had nothing to do with it, uh, went and stole all the Sugar Bowls from the mess hall. So when we walked in the next day and there were just a signs up that says no sugar bowl for the football team, no sugar bowl for the core. No sugar bowl for the core. Yeah. That, so. that actually, that actually is a good transition, Jody. How was the relationship between, you know, we always hear from guys about the, you know, it was a little different uh, between the core and the football team because things were just, you know, the Army team got to, you know, we traveled a lot. We got out of drill, all that kind of stuff. What was it back then when you guys were expected to win every Saturday? Um, was there any strain on the core or was it where you guys one team, one fight through and through? No, I think it was pretty much, you know, there's always going to be, you know, it's always going to be a little bit back and forth. But back back then, you know, playing football, all that got you was to get to go to dinner, get get to go to dinner late and give an all right when you're at the door. Like, uh, you know, I'm I'm here and and, and I'm, I can come in late, uh, and that was about it. You know, it be, and you know they had the tables, so you went off tables as soon as the stuff was done. You went on tables for about a, a month. I don't know how you guys did on tables, but that was a, particularly for the football for, for football players. That's a big thing. Because they had, they had all the meals were different, you know. But no, it was it was, uh, and they expected to win, and we did a they did a good job of of supporting, and there, so there wasn't a really whole bunch. You know, everyone got to go to the games, so it was a little more kind of thumbs down on all around, you know, kind of on everybody then. So so you know, life, you know, I, you love to say it, but you know, life sucks there as a cadet. You know, it really is hard. And so everyone was kind of miserable together. But, you know, you bring up a good point, and I've seen a difference because I've had the opportunity because I taught there for four years when I was in the Army, just before I got out. And I was the OR of the football team. So guess who I sponsored as cadets? The captain, Chuck D'Amico, 1970, 70, uh, class of 77. Okay. The football guy. And uh, next year, uh, Chuck shot. 
who was the captain of the football team, a defensive end, and Lehman Hall was in that group. So I had the opportunity to go back and kind of, I was a JV, freshman JV coach. So I got to know a lot of those guys fairly well, you know, in coaching. And it there and then it was starting to be a little, little, little more complicated because they're trying to do some things and they weren't winning. To me, if you're winning, they all love you. If you're using, if you're not winning, the whining starts. Yeah. Hey, can I, Jody, can I ask you just one question about the, what was, I would go back to the Sugar Bowl and how you were supposed to, you know, play in that game. Uh, do you remember what the team's reaction to that was or the player's reaction was to that when, you know, you could have played in the Army's first bowl game, but we're not allowed to? We weren't happy. As a matter of fact, maybe beat us that year and they shouldn't have, you know, because I think it really was kind of a letdown for us. But whining and moaning don't do doesn't do you any good. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of smile and you go on. So I, I really think that we had we had a much better team than Navy than we lost. That we, you know, we beat them the next year, which didn't make up for it. But I think that was the biggest psychological thing was just like oh, you know, and they had uh, you know because we had General Westmoreland came and talked to us and and, and everything. But you now it was you know we 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 got to look in the mirror about losing that one. You know, but that's really what that, you know, it, it, it was what it was. We were at war. We're going to be soldiers. A lot of us ended up being airborne ranger, jungle warfare, school infantry guys over there, you know, like mm-hmm. I was. But that's just kind of how it was. So I just say, okay, good. They made a decision. Yeah, it sucks. But, you know, what's next? You know, it's awesome you say that, Jody, because, you know, you're a cadet with that attitude, and you're probably 19, 20, maybe 21 years old. We fast forward to our 0-2 start season this year, and, you know, a reporter asked our captains of our fo- of our football team, hey, so how are you guys handling this? Are, are you guys, you know, how are you guys going to get over this and get to the, to the third game? And without a, without a skip, they both said, doesn't do any good, you know, worrying about it or caring about it like we got to win the next game and i think it's just you know we're, we're talking about you know almost you know 60 year difference here and the same mentality is oh, yeah. given to the army football player and that is why you know i continue to say the best training i got at west point was army football because that prepared me to be an infantry airborne ranger yeah. you know yeah uh, type of leader and and uh i think it's just so cool that you that quote came out of your mouth jody because we heard the same thing out of our captains you know markwell broughton this year you know ty here tyler said it too so it's, it's just really cool to hear and um you know what are, what are you gonna do you know huge opportunities just taken away from you what are you gonna do well you know what we're gonna we're gonna figure out something else and, and we're gonna go from there but i tell you one thing that did really motivate us the next year Oh, I imagine because does that yeah. does that mean you ended that season with a navy loss? Yep. Oh man, yeah. I can't imagine. And our best what running back eight, and two, oh, eight best. And two that year, Jody. Pardon? Eight and two that year? Yeah, we were eight and two. We lost to Duke, who we shouldn't have lost to. We oh. we should have been ten and zero. But you know it is what it is. But I tell you what, we enjoyed the time. Uh, the seniors, we were juniors. The seniors were good. Buddy Nestor Shenny got drafted by the. Uh, Canadian Football League, you know, in my class, there's three guys that got drafted. Hmm. Of course, they all it was was like, good, are you done? 
Well, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Okay. I yeah, guess five way, years later, we'll see you, you know. But well, there's Jordan, no, I guess in a, in a way, you all got drafted, right? Yeah, we all got drafted. Well, <laughs> it was funny. Our senior year, they had a, they had the big draft lottery for everybody who wasn't. So we're, it was our seniors. So we went and watched the draft, and we were chuckling because I got like 352nd. I would have been drafted 352nd out of 356. So, you know, probably. But we're all sitting there yucking it up about, oh, look, you don't have, you know. But you got to have a sense of humor with people, you know, you really enjoy because it is what it is. Like you said, you just got to keep going and make it better. And I, I will say one thing. I've had the opportunity after coaching uh, there, then went out to civilian world, came back, and I spent probably from about 2003 to 2015 at West Point a lot. I was on the trustees and the board of directors and I was chairman of the Alumni Association. So I got involved a lot with the fundraising and got to know a lot of the people and see everything. I saw you all the time, Sal, on the sidelines or going to practices and games when I would go up because, you know, I, I would go to all the games and uh, was involved with also with uh, uh, Raleigh Stitchway and yeah. forming the 501c3 for the football for athletic department to become, you know, so we wouldn't have to worry about the Army cutting the budget. Uh, so I would have been up there. But I, I will tell you one thing. We had great coaches, and I look at the coaching staff now, and it makes a big difference. When they do yeah. what they need to do, it really makes a big difference. And I'll say – I mean, it, you know, and uh, it, and not – you know, as a cadet, I don't really know how it was. And, and Jody, maybe we can talk about this offline, but you don't really know all the ins and outs as a player and as a cadet of who's doing what, what donors right. think where all the hands are in the pots and everything. But you really do feel like since Munkin has taken over the, the helm and, and we've been winning consistently, every single person that has a hand in Army football is on the same page. And whoever whoever is is feeding that beast or whoever is really the, the, the team or the, uh, the individual that's shown us the way for that, and I want to believe it's Coach Munkin, because he knows the team best, but it takes so much more people, especially at West Point, yep. to, to, to just make it, you know, continue. I mean, winning at West Point is hard. We talked about this yeah. with, uh, with Nate. Winning at West Point is hard, um, especially now. Well, especially the past 25 years while we've been at war. Yeah. Um, and you know that better than anybody, Jody. So yep. I just think it's uh, it's really cool that, you know, I, I always enjoy talking to Army football players that after their service, they continue to serve. Right. Yep. And, and that's that's really cool what you did and, and what you were a part of. And and really, you can say, you know, you handed off 2015, you handed off and then we started winning. Right. Like you're like, hey, these are the keys. Do it this way, and we, and we can keep going, right? <laughs> well, you always, you always got to have them. So that's why, as a matter of fact, I told Dick Dalk and, and uh, kind of those guys, hey, look, you guys got to start start doing some stuff because, you know, because I, I was always – I was probably up there 12 times a year doing this hmm. stuff. But but the, the, they, they were the, the, a good combination of folks. You got a good athletic director. You had a, some good soups, you know, at the end kind of doing some kind of things. And – and they got a good coach. And I've been, been so impressed because I always used to tell people, go watch football practice and that tell you what kind of team it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I go, I go watch Monk, I, I go watch Monk's practice and said, that's how you practice. Yeah. yeah Jody, before before we uh we kind of cut to your professional career in the army, 
what what can you tell us about some of the games you remember the most or some of the some of the series or memories or, or, or plays you had that just will always stick in your, your mind throughout the years? I had two. One's a good one and one's a bad one. Uh, the bad one was in the Penn State game, I missed an interception by about that far. If I could have got that, we would have won the game. Hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll, I wake up every night and say, you move your feet, stupid. You know, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, that, that, that's a that lot one of nice there, that's a lot that of one nice. there, that one there is, I, but anyway, the one I remember the best is our last game. Our Kenny, who was a first team All-American linebacker, got hurt. So I had to call the signals all the second half. And I was going, gee, boy, I, I'm not used to doing this, but it, well, I did it. Well, we got, uh, we were ahead 21-14 and, and it was, Navy was fourth and seven. Yeah, I was supposed to blitz. I went in blitz, got caught, and I said, oh, I'm not going to get to him. So I ran back, and they passed it to a guy, and the defensive back had his kind of hand on him. His guys get ready to go, and I smacked him backwards. It was fourth and nine, and they they gained eight. So they turned the ball over, and that was the game. So that's the only uh, – in terms of – and I just remember that. And, and it was funny because I said, oh, God, the coach is going to yell at me because it's all a blitz, you know. And, he went and said, Jody, good reaction to that. You're so glad you got back and got, you know, that that was about oh, as good as it'll get, you know. <laughs> Jody, we used to, uh, we used to, uh, our coaches used to say, whenever you had a, a terrible, a terrible setup, whatever, but it ended up being good, they used to call it a, a minus, 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 plus play, right? So, yeah. Very, very, who, you said that was against Navy, right? Yeah, my last game of college football, 17 degrees. It was so cold, you know, and the showers was JFK. The showers were bad. It hadn't done anything to the stadium. And it was kind of like, oh, boy, this is really wonderful. I'm sure glad we're playing here with this facilities. But really, really showing the respect. It was a tough day. Yeah. 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 uh, That was your last play. Was that your last college play or no? Yeah, that was the last well, the last football college play. Yep, absolutely. Wow. I played. I, we yeah. I you played. Um, Latin. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Jody. No, no. I was just going to say I played a year in Germany because I had to. They had division football teams in Germany, and I went over and I was learning the infantry and I was doing all this. I was in the third infantry division, and a couple of my classmates who were uh, who were one fifty football players were the coaches and they wanted me to come play. And I said, no, I'm, I got a platoon. I'm doing this, not going to do it. Finally, one day, and I told my battalion commander, I'm not going to do this. And he said, okay. And then he left and we got a new one come in. And he called me to over his office about a week, about a week later. So they had to come see me. So I went over there and I saw that the general's helicopter was sat down. So I walked in his office and said, hey, how you doing? And I didn't know the, 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 our new battalion commander that well, but I, I, I could recognize the stars on the guy's, on the guy's shoulder. He said, oh, you, didn't you play football? Yes, sir, I did. He said, why didn't you play? I said, sir, I like the Army and like what I'm doing. And, and the general looked at the two-star, looked at me and said, well, you know, we, the helicopter's here. You're going to come back with me and we'll fly you back, but you're going to play Army football. I mean, you're going to play football. I, I said, jeez. So I was lucky, though, because I don't want to tell you the whole story, but it's a long story. But that was one of the better things I did. But anyway, it's funny because we end up getting beat in the final semifinals uh, by Steve Lindell's team. 
our quarterback. Kenny Johnson played. So we all the football players who were in Europe were playing football because they kind of made us. But what happened was, and so we, we got second or third, and I think Glendale's team won. You know, the team with a quarterback that can run and pass usually is going to do well and kind of semi-pro. So many play again. But anyway, uh, Lindell stayed on. I went to Vietnam quickly. I 1049 and, and got to Vietnam. Lindell was still there, and they had such a hubbub because he was a captain then. And because you can make captain two years then, they, they're shooting all the other, they're shooting all the lieutenants. So it was pretty good to make be a captain. So Lindell was going to be a company commander. They had a big fight all over Europe about who was going to get him, give him a company command so he could play football on their team. And the guy that ran Europe said, no, never mind, and stopped football. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the last – our year was 70. was the last year they played division football. That's interesting. Wow. Because uh, there are no quarterback. What uh, – do you remember the uh, – you probably do, Jody, but uh, what what actual unit were you in third ID? I was there from 70 to about February of 71, about, about a 70, 19 says Schweinfurt, Germany. Yeah, yeah, but what, what unit? What was the battalion? Second to thirtieth infantry. Okay, two thirty. Okay, I uh, I started my career in one six four armor, which is third ID as well. Yeah, there are two different concerns there. Yeah, that's right. And you were there in Swainford, weren't you? No, no, no. We well, we we did a rotation over there. Yes. So we yeah. did we did a rotation over in um, Grafenvier and uh, in Hohenfels and stuff like that. But okay, yeah. We, I, I was down in Savannah, Fort Stewart. Um, is where I was stationed, though. Yeah, maybe, uh, Jody, uh, you were talking about um, the transition. You go play football in Germany, and then you uh, you, you you move on to Vietnam. And maybe um, maybe you could share with us um, just when you're out there during wartime, right, how much does your time as an Army football player and what you learned at West Point help you through some of that stuff, some of that tough stuff out there? Well, one thing is, is you really learn about it. People really don't understand it because they think when you're an officer, you just tell people what to do and all that stuff. Real life doesn't work like that. You know, when you're out in the jungle and all this other kind of stuff, you really got to listen to your people. You really got to make sure that you have good ones. You're doing the best they can. And if they can't cut it, they got to go do something else. And even if that's me, that's what I would expect. If I can't do that job, get my behind out of here because I'm responsible for the lives of all these people. And so are we. So. So it really is more of a teamwork, guys. How do we do it? Here's what we're going to do, and here's why we're going to do it. You know, we basically, most of the time, I was the northernmost infantry commander. I was on the 101st Airborne. I was up near where Kaysan was. Whoa, well, Jody, hold up. You commanded the 101st? Yeah, infantry, yeah. A company first to 506. All right. I also commanded in the 101st. So not only did we do our lieutenant time. I knew I liked you. Yeah. <laughs> Not only were we Army linebackers, okay, we were lieutenants in 3rd ID, and we were company commanders in the 101st. That's what I'm talking about, Jody. That's right. Were you at uh, Were you at uh, Campbell? Yeah, yes, sir. Yep. Quite good. I, was at, I, I was in uh, the Rockestan 3187 Infantry. Do you notice that the 1st of 506 or whatever the Red Battalion was, they had this kind of memorial out there, the Vietnam Memorial? Yes, for their 100%. Vietnam? I was the one that did that. That was my company. Wow. That did that. Is that, yeah, these guys wanted to do it, my guys, and they were there. And I said, great. I said, okay. 
Uh, what do you need? Well, we need about uh, good. I'll do the fundraising for it. Yeah, well, you okay. got you guys. Um, Brett Curry. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we didn't we didn't we didn't call it that, but that's what we were. But right. they they liked the idea so much that they basically we had we had our thing in the morning because it was really celebrating all of our friends that had been killed in Vietnam. They liked the idea of the 101st so much that they started the thing for the people, you know, in the wars that that you were involved with. You know, where they would bring, and that was a tearjerker. Ours was one thing, but then when they had the mothers and the daughters and the, the kids of the other ones there, it was it was very emotional. But not to not to um, get off topic, but uh, my unit did a 50th anniversary of Hamburger Hill, um, and which was right about probably right around right after you got it was right before you got there, right, Jody? Yep. And um, one of, what my battalion did was we raised money and we were able to bring a bunch of those veterans over back to Hamburger Hill and walk them up the hill with veterans from the Vietnam Army at the same time. And uh, the outpour from the wives, the, the mothers and the, um, the sisters and siblings um, after that trip, they said the PTSD was gone. Yeah, it was like uh, it, it, the the emotion and everything that was left from all those veterans up on that hill with guys they fought with, and then were holding their hand up the hill. You know, fifty years later, uh, really powerful stuff. Um, so memorials are absolutely um, so crucial to our veterans and. Uh, to the families, especially. That's really cool. Um, you know, you got back and you said, you know what, we're, we're going we're gonna to build this. Um, and it still stands today, Jody. Still yeah, with their, yeah, with, with their, with the, the their, their, and as a matter of fact, I think the brigade commander was the guy that was, that taught at West Point a, a couple of times. I can't remember his last name, Ron, something other, but he was, he's, I think he's a two or three star general now, but you know, it is special, and like you said, when you're, you're in combat, and I, and we had it easy. A lot of people don't understand that. I said, where I was, I was way out there by Quezon, one place, fire base I was at. I could see a helicopter was shot down in Chinook. It was still out there because we're in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it, it's, it, it's very, very difficult. But if we saw anybody, we shot them. See, there was no villages. We didn't have to worry about that. We had to usually spend a year, if not two years. We only did one year in my class. Some of the other guys ahead of us did two years. You look at what your generation, the current generation is going through, four, five, six ties and come. People do not understand. They don't understand why the PTSD and stuff. Because I, you know, God bless everybody that's been in the military the last 15, 20 years. People do not understand the amount of stuff that they've had to go through. Because it's no fun. Everyone, all these people say military. I said, well, they, you've never been shot at before. You know, getting shot at is not any fun. Anyway, enough yeah. of that. Yeah, Jody, I, no, just to go off that point, I, I um, you know, I, I left command in, um, you know, 20, 2021. So la about last June, I left it. We got out of Afghanistan, you know, three, you know, you know I guess three, two or three months later. But while I was in Campbell, um, I served with a guy that entered the Army in 2001 and retired in 2021. And his whole career 
was the global war on terror. Yeah. That was his career. He, 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 I mean, and it's, it's crazy when you put it in that perspective, because a guy spent 20 years of his life serving his country, but it was all at war his entire 20 years. So it's just, it's just kind of crazy when you, when, when he yeah. retired and he said that as his retirement ceremony, it was just kind of like, wow, you know, that, that, that doesn't even sound real, but it is. So yeah, yeah people really do not appreciate just what you said. They really don't. And, and even like I said, someone like me recognized that boy. Wow. Yeah. So Jody, so you said you spent a year over there. Yep. I was a company commander for nine months. Then the, we, the, the, the unit stood down and went back to uh, Campbell, but the, I stayed there, stayed on as Brigade S for a year for the last Brigade 101st until they shut down, until my 12 months was up. And, and that was interesting because we did a lot of CC command and control north kind of dark stuff. So it was interesting, but uh, glad to get back. Yeah. And then... Um... So you got back, what was that, 72 now or 73? I got back in 72, went to Fort Benning uh, for the advanced course. And I went to graduate school at Oregon, University of Oregon. I got accepted. I was going to go to Harvard Business School, but the darn Harvard University shut down ROTC. So they wouldn't let, so the Army said, okay, well, no one can go to Harvard Business School for a year or two. Oh, wow. You know, a little, little, uh, uh, a little, well, I, um, a little chess there, huh? Okay, you're going to yeah. shut down ROTC. We're not going to send you people to right. go to your business school. Wow. Okay. So the funny part, well, the funny part is, so I end up going to Oregon. And so I go out to University of Oregon, which is a bit liberal in the business school, but there's about 10 or 15 of us. But it was funny because as soon as I got, as soon as I got there, you know, we, all the military guys kind of clumped together. And you had to be there for two years because that's the way the assignments worked at West Point. So it's like, well, I wouldn't invalidate as many things as I did. I could. And I said, yeah, I can get out of here in a year. And they said, no, no, you got to stay there two years. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I had to take, you know, take some interesting course, cybers and cyber warfare and all that. Under, but underwater, part, under, underwater basket weaving? No, no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I, I did I did go coach at, at one of the high schools. They recruited me, one of the guys. And Danny Ainge was a sophomore there. Oh, wow. He, cool. Huh. You should have seen him play football. He was 6'3", about 125 pounds. He'd hit anything. Yeah. I've never – he could have played uh, – it's like, what What a great athlete. But anyway, the last quickie. So they the ROT – this is where was, Oregon was a fairly liberal school. They decided to uh, – because like the bombing in Cambodia that they wanted to dig a symbolic bomb crater. So they went and saw the university president. He said, oh, okay, well, go ahead and dig it over by – the uh, JROTC building. Well, they had the Air Force ROTC building and the Army ROTC building right next to each other. Well, these wonderful students, civilians, went over and dug the crater on the Army's ROTC lot. I didn't want to bring it to them. You know, it was the Air Force that was bombing Cambodia, you dummies. You know, <laughs> don't put yeah. it on. Anyway, the more they was so... It was so... Civilians know what's going on more than we do, right? Yeah, it was so funny because they went back and had such a good time doing that. They went back and dug one on the university's president's lawn, and then he had him arrested. <laughs> you know, that's like, oh, okay, this is going to be a fun two years. Yeah. Now, did you um, did you just take like basically your master's on uh, on steroids, or were you able to get a second master's because you validated so much? 
No, no, I, I wanted to I wanted to get a business degree. Well, I just got to take a lot more good courses. I you know took a lot of quantitative de decision making stuff, which was part of what I ended up teaching back at West Point. So I want to kind of become a, you know a, a, a kind of a quant, you know, and kind of a business guy. Cause I didn't know anything. You know, we didn't have when we were at West Point. We had four electives, one each semester, junior and senior year. You know, so that was it. So I really wanted to kind of get, I didn't understand what's a balance sheet. You know, I don't understand any of this business stuff. So I wanted to make sure I did that. So when I went back and, and uh, like I said, really enjoyed our four years at West Point, you know, teaching and being involved with the football team and the, and the judo team and, and other things. So it was really a great time. Now, is that what, did you end up using? Now, I know you said you went back and coached that, or I mean, uh, taught and, and coached at West Point. Was that immediately after that assignment? Yeah, right after I finished graduate school. So, and I went back and I was there three years and they were going to send me to Korea. And I said, well, I'm probably going to get out. And so I went and talked to the department head and said, hey, look, I, you know, I'm probably going to get out. Uh, he said, well, why don't you stay here and teach another year? Because the, the, the way that they like to have teachers is because their faculty is based on how many people take their classes. Well, I can guarantee you I had most of the football players in my personal management class and some other stuff. So you know, Lehman Hall and, and Jim Gallagher, a lot of guys. So, so we, so we had a lot of students, so we did real well. So I stayed a fourth year and they were start then starting to think about how to change the, the curriculum. So they're going to try to get some more electives. So they want to have management track like they have now and all this other stuff. Well, there's a big argument, 15 levels above my head, because I was just an old happy captain promotable there that uh, they were doing that. So they said about who's going to run management. Social sciences thought they should run it. Engineering thought they should run it. BSNL didn't know that, but I kept telling them we should run it. So they they, they listened to me because they, they, they were looking at that. And uh, so I ended up teaching joint teaching uh, quantitative decision making with the, the the second command colonel of the engineering department, one of my classmates. So we had a good time. So we were actually team taught at that point in time until uh, they sorted through all this. Now they've got what 40, 42, 43 majors and all that. But back then they had maybe uh, two or three more classes than we did. But it was a great place. Always enjoyed it. Uh, still is a wonderful place. Going first game I've gone to that last three years was uh, last weekend at Vanderbilt. Hadn't been back because of the COVID and and uh, some other issues. But uh, it's great. I mean, it, it place that you look and it hadn't changed a whole bunch. You know, they do the same thing. I used to have to go to all the the, the breakfast and then the parade and then the lunch at the soup's house. I quit go after I be, wasn't chairman anymore or and and we didn't have some big donors because I was also the uh, co-chairman of our last fundraising campaign, raised $420 million, but who's keeping track? They're starting wow. to do it now, by the way. I was just—I I just want to go ahead of the game and watch them when they go out and throw the balls around. And I just want to sit there and take it in. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing from now. I just take it in. I don't go to that stuff. I'll see them. I'll see them around the stadium or whatever. You know, I'm in the low stage where I've always been, but I just enjoy watching. You know, watching. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm uh, gonna ask for your class on digits, Jody, because uh, we could use some. We could use some of that uh, that fundraising techniques, uh, quantitative decision making, for uh, for Black Knight Nation. <laughs> yeah, we could. Well, we let could. me know. Give me a hold sometime. Where do you live? 
Steve? I, I live in Colorado. I'm stationed in Colorado Springs right now, Jody. Oh, that's, so, that's um, too bad. Are you I'm infected? To, uh, are you infected being so close to the Air Force guys? Oh, my God. It, <laughs> Jody, I think the worst thing is, is my kids play sports around here, and everybody's the, the little Air Force Falcons, and they wear Air Force Falcons jerseys. And I'm yeah. like, oh, God. Oh, I can't even. I'll just like pan. I'll like have to pan the video or something. Oh no, yeah, Steve, do you send like, your do you send your kids to school with the fifty jersey or no? Oh yeah, no, no, no. I got two boys, so they wear the two five jersey. We're a twenty five jersey, baby. Oh nice. You know, they're, they're, they're half of me right now. I got three boys now, so I got to find. You know, I got to find wow. whatever fifty divided by three is. I don't know if that jersey exists, but. You know, I, I don't know if this is generational or not. I think it is, at least for some of mine, but I won't speak to yours. But, uh, you know, some of the friends down here said, hey, how you doing? Is it beat Navy and you Navy and you hate Navy and Air Force? And, you, know, it's, you guys really hate Navy. And I said, no. He said, I grew up, said, I hope Navy wins every game except one. And that's mm -hmm. us. And I wish them that. Air Force, I hope the SOBs lose them all. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's – uh. Sal, and I don't think that's Sal, changed ahead, too much. Go ahead and tell them. Not one Army football player we've had on here has said they nah. love Air Force more than Navy. I can't remember one now. No. 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 I, no. There's I respect know. there. There's respect there on the Navy side, but there's very little respect from the Air Force on the Air Force side. So, man, that, that game coming up is going to be a good one, I think. Down yeah, the Air Force got a, it's going to be great. Yeah, well, I, I tell you. Yeah, it, it's going to be a great game. I, I, um, I, you know, I'm out here in Colorado Springs. Last year, they, um, they moved it to Arlington. The first year was supposed to be there, so I was hoping to take my boys to an Army Air Force game. This year, it's neutral site. I'm leaving next year, Jody. And guess where it's at? Denver Stadium, ninety, you know, 90, you know, seventy miles away. So I'm gonna. It just sucks that the whole time I'm in Colorado Springs. You know, I'm not going to be able to see an Army Air Force game in person. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, the boys love watching the game at home with jerseys on. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's pretty cool. You know, I have a, a seven and, and almost six year old. Um, and then I have a newborn as well. But it's um, it's it's cool watching them love Army football just because I love it. Oh, yeah. Well, we only played them once when I was there, the three years that we yeah. played. And it was our junior year out there, and it was we beat them ten to seven. But it was next to our the senior game at Navy, where it was about eighteen degrees. That was the next coldest one by far. I'm like, holy, this sucks. And I can see why they got an advantage. It's like because they didn't, we didn't have any of that great thinking stuff of breathing ahead of time or whatever you do to get ready to play out there. You know, we just kind of like show up and smile, and away you go. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, "You're gonna be breathing in Vietnam in two years. You'll be fine." Yeah. The um now now uh now Jody. So after you established that management track, did you still get out, or did you continue to serve? No, no, I got it. That was my last year. Okay. okay. Now I yes, I did continue to serve. I'm saying that tongue in cheek because I right. stayed in serve because they they said, "Hey, look, we like you. Can you be a mob desk?" I said, well, what's a mob desk? Well, they come back and teach. You're in the reserves, but if the balloon goes up, you come back here and teach. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you mean I, all I have to do is just come here for two weeks a year, and that's it. That's it. Okay, good. 
So that was, yeah, I was, I was um, a, a company of mate, a company mate of mine, him and his wife, both West Point grads. Um, they do the same thing. So they're reservists. They do um, ROTC teaching a couple year, couple weeks a year um, out here at the colleges. Um, and same deal. If if something gets spun up, they'll go to the academy or they'll go somewhere to teach permanently uh, while the active force is out there. So it's a really good gig. Um, but what 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 did you, did you stay business track as soon as you got out? What did you, what did you do? Yeah, I, I went and joined. I joined. I, I was looking around and uh, I had uh, I grew up in Forest Products out in or I grew up in Oregon, so I grew up in Forest Products. So I was on kind of the final interview to. Uh, that shows you about serendipity uh, to to be a number two guy at a big pulp of, uh, pulp, a big packaging manufacturing place in uh, Indiana somewhere, and uh, just so happened that since I was getting out, they had me sponsor this friend and Tim Hall. He came in as a visiting professor. He 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 ran the Boston. He ran uh, uh, Northwestern School Business School, uh, the business school at, at Northwestern, and. Uh, so I was their guy. So I was taking them around. And they're going, oh, my God, they're used to living in Chicago and big houses. And, well, here's your corridors. And isn't it wonderful? But uh, <laughs> anyway, they said, well, I said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm getting out of service. They said, well, have you ever heard of Alan Bradley? And I said, well, no, not really. They said, well, here, what? Well, let's call someone and you at least ought to go see him. So I scheduled a visit with them on the way out to see this other one. And uh, no, it's two weeks before. So I went out there. You know, met met, the, met went to corporate, met him, and the guy said, "You know, you really need to go see our Cleveland people because that was the automation. That's where all the hype. That's where the techie computer stuff was." So I so I did that, and so I went there. I sent my wife out to the Indiana place, and I went there, then met her there. Went back, and wife says, "I don't care what's going on in Cleveland, but we're not moving to to this other place." So I says, "Oh, that's a good easy job decision." So I stayed there. And just so happened, the guy that hired me ended up being president. And I ended up, you know, replacing him about 20 years later as president. He was, in the meantime, Rockwell, uh, Rock, Rockwell bought Alan Bradley. So I was with, uh, with them at that turnover. I, I went on vacation for seven years and joined a company called Squirt Eve, which was also the electronics. And then they hired, Alan Bradley hired me back to run their biggest group, the one that I had been five years in. Because I knew the people and they weren't doing real well. So we turned that around and then I became president. And I, I made it about a million, about a million four. I left is about four and a half billion. Uh, so it was a good company. I loved it. I traveled so much. So we did business in 80 countries. And and it was all, you've seen that the autom automation in plants, we basically make the controls for them. We don't make the machines that do the car welding or all that stuff. But we make the controls and the timing. So we do all the coordination and uh, talking to higher computers and making sure the plants run time. You know, the bottling lines will run 200 bottles a minute, make sure all that. So that's the kind of business that is automation. And now it's about $6 billion. So it was a great, great place to work, great people. Again, same thing about people, you know, as an engineering and marketing culture took care of their people. The sales guys there wouldn't see a customer for a year. So we had to train them so much in terms of how to do. So it was a very, very good culture fit. Yeah. You know, yeah, it really, I really enjoyed it, and they've done very well. And uh, and uh, so that you know, got uh, and that had a good guy that worked for me the first time. Then after I came back for vacation, I was running the group that my my old boss was in. Uh, 
he re decided to retire, great, retired. About four months later, he fell off his bike. His wife called, he was an issue. So we flew him to Mayo Clinic. He had brain cancer and died. And I said, you know what? I, I'm not going to do that. So did that for six years. Uh, got lured away to another high stuff tech startup. You ever heard of uh, uh, the people that make uh, zip drives? You see, you wouldn't know. That's way before your time. I, Omega. I, I, I still, I, we still use zip drives. Well, I, I ran that for for about seven months until I till I got there and looked at it and said, guys, we better sell it now because it's going to go down. But anyway, so I had done enough, <laughs> and they and they didn't, and it did go down. But but anyway, so I said, you know, so I was about fifty two, so I retired down here. I was sat on a lot of boards, you know, BF Goodrich, a lot of boards around, and did that for about four or five years. And my wife says, you know, hon, I'm not your secretary. You know, you got to do this. You got to spend some time. So it took me a while to kind of uh, mail down. And that's what West Point spent. was a real pleasure because the dean came down here and talked. The society was new. And I knew the dean because I knew a lot of those people at that angle, kind of the age group that I was at, you know, kind of 67, 68, 69. And so that's how I got involved back with West Point. Uh, you know, the dean, the dean was a year ahead of me. And uh you know, Buster, you know, Buster Hagenback and uh, Bill Lennox were both 71. So I knew them real well. You know, so I knew knew that crowd pretty well. And so I enjoyed going back and uh, touching base with it. And that's what makes it special because you really are uh, different people. You know, I still see Chuck Schott and Demico, the guys that I sponsored, you know, the football guys at the games that we always kind of all get kind of together in, in that. And, and it's a great it's. It's, it's difficult to explain to people being here in Naples. And I've got about four or five graduates that live in Gray Oaks where we in the community we live in. People just amazed how friendly we are, how, how you know, what our perspective with each other and the things we talk about and, and how we, they just said they're just not like that. So it's a special place. Yeah, you know, the, really it, uh, common theme we always hear, Jody, is uh, the brotherhood and the long gray line is yeah. thick. Okay, it's it's thick and it, it can you can have you know five years, fifteen years, thirty years between interactions, but you're gonna you're gonna pick up right where you left off, and uh, you you know there's just a there's just a brotherhood. There's a there's a family slash just whatever whatever you want to call it. It's just different. It's a different yeah. kind of feel, and not a lot of not a lot of places that graduate. You know, I don't see, you know, I, maybe it happens, but I don't see like Ohio State having that kind of fraternity uh, long term. I don't see, you know, Alabama having that kind of fraternity long term. So it's, it's really, it's really cool. And that's really cool that you guys, you have some people close to you down there in Naples. Oh, yeah. Well, no, well not only that, but see, a lot of them are coming down. The uh, uh, Alex Gorski who just run, you know, just retired from Proctor, you know, Johnson & Johnson. The CEO, he's a grad. He's he's down here, uh, well part time. But the the and I, I probably like you said, living in Naples, Florida, you get a lot of visitors during the winter. I get a lot. Of, I must have had the last twenty years, maybe twenty twenty five calls. Hey, I'm in town. Let's go do something. Or, you know, and several multiple things. So I just enjoy that. But yeah, but that Jody, make it uh make it twenty six next year because uh, we'll ab absolutely we come every year, baby. You got to, yeah, well, this, you know, someone's got to live here. <laughs> right. That's awesome.
Well, it, it, so Jody, how do you how do you enjoy an Army football game now? What's what's your what's your kind of the way that you still enjoy games today? Well, right now because uh, you know my wife has had has had MS for about the last six or seven years. I mean, so she can still get around and walk, but you know she's uh, the, the older you get, the little worse it is. So I have we I used to go up up until three years ago, up to about three fourths of the games. Wow. And uh, just sit there on it. And I, I still have my tickets that I went up last time and I'm going to go up some more. But it's just as much fun watching it for me because I know the people, even though it's funny because a lot of the soups office works the, you know, the loge area where they have the food just yeah. below the press box. Well, the, the gals that kind of help people get seated all work in the soups office. <laughs> so I've known, you know, I've known them for a little while. One gal even welcomed me back on Facebook, said, Jody, it was good to see you last weekend. But it, it, it really is uh, special. I, I like to go up. Uh, I like, like to go up all the games because you, know, you go up for a day, you know, a couple of days. My sister-in-law taught school, Sandy's sister, my wife, and she's the saint, has to be married to me. Her sister taught at the elementary school for 34 years. Yeah. She lives in Cornwall. So it was easy. So I just, would, you know, bang old drive up there. I got to know how to get from JFK to Cornwall 15 different ways. <laughs> uh, over the last 10 or 15 years. So I'm just kind of cutting down on, on that a little bit, just kind of waiting to see. But I, I enjoy it. And, and to me, I, I'll, I'll whatever it is, it, but what I do is I don't say, are we going to have a Navy game where we everyone goes around the TV? I don't like to do that. I, I just assume kind of go to myself, watch the game so I can yell at the TV, you know, particularly the linebackers. You know, right. <laughs> they need a lot of help this year. Would you guys get in the hole, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I've been saying, I've been saying, well, you guys wrap up a lot this year. Yeah, yeah, you wrap yeah. somebody up this year. But but uh, it, it's it, it, it's a pleasure to watch them, and uh, like I said, it, it's it's great to kind of still be in touch with some of the guys, you know. And it, it's and I enjoy that more than anything going up there and seeing, seeing who you run into. Yeah. 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 I mean, if if you go up again this year, please uh, please let me know. Um, I, I will. So I, I am. I don't know yet. You know, like I said I, I'm not going to go to the next game there, but the one after that I think is Colgate. So yeah. I got. We're going to see a doctor, a couple things with the wife, and I'll I'll know probably in a. But I'll give you. I'll give you a shout. Nice. I'll, I'll know in yeah. about a week or so. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be up there uh, Saturday for uh, Georgia State. Um, you know, Army's been on a bye, so we'll yeah. we'll see how they come off a bye. And Georgia State, they opened up. Sal, they opened up minus seven and a half against Georgia State. I slammed that thing. Did you? Slammed yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a 10-point game at the least because, you know, already, I didn't watch. Well, after the first 24 hours, Sal, it's already minus 10 already. Is it already? Shoot. Yeah. Yeah, because um, uh, you know, I didn't get to see the Coastal-Georgia State game on Thursday, but Coastal won handedly. But I heard people saying that, you know, Georgia State put up a fight and this and that. Well, I mean, Army's at home. Army better win that game. They better yeah, win. Home, baby. We're, we're tough to beat at home. Yeah, they yeah. better win that game because Wake Forest is the following week, and that's the real uh, – that's the real – that's a good test against – that Wake, Wake Forest-Clemson game was nuts on Wake Forest was yeah. great this weekend. That was a good – yeah, exactly. I watched that get That's what I did. Is who they playing, I'm going to watch that game too. Yeah. That's right. Little scouting action, right, Jody? Little, little, little scouting. Yeah, I was watching yeah. that game. I'm like, holy cow! I thought Wake Forest was going to have that game too, and I want them to be undefeated heading into the Army game, right? Because then 
you know, it's it, it's more um more shine on that game. You know, that game gets yep. more. They're still in the top twenty-five, but yeah, um, no, it, I mean, and, and Sal, I mean, we've said this multiple times. When's the last time Army's beat a ranked team? Yeah, well, if you go by AP, it's seventy-two Air Force, I believe. Seventy-two so, Air Force, Jody. Yeah, yeah. If you go by the AP poll, if you go by the coaches poll, Navy yeah. was like tied, like had like was tied for twenty-fifth, I believe, in maybe two thousand sixteen when Army beat them. Um, Jody, you beat a Cal team that was ranked your senior year, right? No, we, we, we beat them. Uh, yes, we did. 10 7. Yeah. Gary Steele caught a get out of town patch pass. Yeah, we beat Stanford the year before when Plunkett was quarterback. No, but see, that's oh, wow. the difference. Is we we wow. had the athletes to play yeah. with those guys. With, with, you know, we had good offensive. They really had to pay attention. And, you know, and, but uh, you're right. It's, we, we, we always played. I mean, to us, BC was a breather. You know, BC, Rutgers, they're all breathers, uh, you know. What, but it was, like I said, different times. and, and the, But uh, they're what, doing better. I, I, God bless them. What were your uh, – we didn't get the chance to ask you. You mentioned all the teammates that you played with and stuff and Ken Johnson. And can you talk to us a little bit about what, what it was like to play with Gary Steele? Because he was one of the – the first, I mean, he was a really good wide receiver tight end for West Point, right? And I know that he was the first also African-American Army football yeah. player, I believe, so. I, I didn't, we, we didn't know that until, you know, about five or ten years later. Mm-hmm. You know, as a matter of fact, when I went back and, and uh, taught and coached, I was coaching with Gary, and we lived across the street from Gary and Mona. So I've known mm-hmm. Stage and the boys since they were like this this big. Yeah. And one of the games that we played in Baltimore, what must have been about eight, ten years ago, mm-hmm. we had a Navy game there. Well, I, I talked Gary, and we got his. He's had a son that's a publicist for the. Uh, yeah, Chad. Yeah, Chad. Chad. Yeah, yeah. Chad got us the. You know, we had to pay for it, but he got us their, their suite for the game. So we wow. had Gary and all our guys in there. But Gary was a great guy, and 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 his wife Mona and the kids. You know, so I've known them all since they were all you know that big, and. Uh, but Gary was just, you know, Gary, you know, he was a great athlete. I'll never forget. I'll just tell one Gary story. So back in those days when you got in beast barracks, you had to do mass athletics and they got done and all this stuff and you did football and you ran around and did that. And then you had to go to one others about the last two weeks or something, the last week. So I played basketball. So a lot of us went to basketball. So we're sitting, sitting in basketball. So we go over there uh, to the, the gym and uh, they're all kind of sitting there, and all the team we got recruits. So I remember Shashevsky and Gary Eber and Ron Hunt, the guys that run our basketball. They're sitting there watching us, relaxing. So we're just all shooting around. And O'Gary dribbled a ball, picked one up, and jumped up and dunked it. I said, "Who dunked? Who's the sob that dunked that ball?" He went over there, and it was steel. So it was makes me said, "Don't you ever dunk a ball on my court again? I never want to do that again." And do all this. And all I remember is like, that's really stupid, coach. You know, you really think he's going to play basketball or even go out? Because Gary did. You know, Gary did indoor track and outdoor track. He would have played basketball. But like, but I'll never forget that as long as I live. I said, geez, he just dunked. You know, it's not like I didn't realize. I looked all over and said, do not dunk. I was looking for the signs, you know. <laughs> but Gary, well, Gary, was, Gary was and still is. We still play golf in the Letterman's. When we had the awesome. Letterman golf thing together, I played with him several times. And as a matter of fact, when he had the last thing up, the soup talked to him a lot because we were sitting at the same table. 
And because uh, I guess he has a, a daughter that's thinking about journalism. So he's trying to get the insight on stage. So uh, I, I didn't want to listen to that. But Gary's always been there. Gary did a wonderful job in coaching. Gary's always calm, always collected, been through a lot of some issues in his life because it's all not like West Point. So we had to deal with some real, you know, yeah. kind of racial issues with the thing with his family and all that stuff. But he's always gummy. We just used to call him gummy. You know, he's always gummy. Just like Steve Yarnell, a guy that was, we called him Pinky because he dislocated his finger. And it's still <laughs> today. But no, Gary was just wonderful. I, and see, at those times, we used to think about that. You know, where we were, we just never thought about any of that. Yeah. I like, honestly, God, we did not know he's the first black letter. I don't think anyone ever mentioned it back then when we were here. Yeah. Hey, just a quick question. When you said he got yelled at for dunking, that was by the basketball coach for Army, or was this that by who, who yelled at him? Do you remember? Bobby Knight. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I thought you said. That's what I thought you said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, never a doubt. No, that, never doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound like Coach Knight. He wouldn't be yelling at players and stuff. No. I, we would have to practice down in the field house back. It was dirt. You, you wouldn't realize that. Stephen, but it used to be dirt down there, and they just had the basketball court, and uh, they didn't have the track around it. So if it really was bad weather, and it had to be, like, really bad, we'd go in there and practice. But that's a lot of fun, practicing in the dirt and cleats. Well, the basketball team would practice. And I remember going over and watching night, yell at the guys, and hit a couple in the head with a couple with a you know, ball in the face stuff. And like, geez, our coaches are easy, you know. <laughs> Except Parcells used to kind of grab you by the helmet if he wanted your attention. But uh, oh no, it, we, we had some real character. I mean, it was – it was uh, Man, to see prime time Bobby Knight. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, who, you know who his best buddy was? Was Parcells. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's – well, didn't um, – what? Uh, did you guys see Coach Krzyzewski? Wasn't Krzyzewski there as an assistant? He was a player, was my, right? No, he was my classmate. That's right. Yeah. He was 69. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he couldn't shoot. When we went back, uh, when I went back and taught there, see, we'd always play noontime basketball. And it would be pickup basketball. I, I don't know if they still do it now. I'm sure they did. But we used to have intramurals and all that. And we'd end up, some of the football players would be playing uh, with Krzyzewski. And then Bill Shutsky. I don't know if you ever remember Bill Shutsky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bet. That was a basketball player. But because we'd always want to get on Shusky's team because whatever you did, you tell everybody else, do not get him mad. Because if you get Shusky mad, you're going to lose because he's just going to take it over and he'll score 15 times. But, but, but Mike, you know, was a point guard passes. So we, we all elbows, go ahead and shoot, Mike. We're not worried, you know. <laughs> but again, it's Tom Rodder. You still remember the guys that you played noontime basketball with, you know, yeah. when you're back there then. And it was interesting watching him kind of, you know, move up. I think he moved. We graduated '69. I think he he coached the '70 class, class the '70, and then left. Then he went. That's when he went to Duke. Yeah, we um we did a lot of that. Uh, we didn't do that a lot of prep school. Or I mean, at at the academy. But at, when we went to West Point Prep, a lot of the football players we would play. I think uh, four o'clock four o'clock ball with the basketball team. So like yeah. we pick our best players. They pick their you know because a lot of guys played basketball in high school yeah. and a lot of them thought they could play and um so we we do the same kind of stuff though jody we we mess with like you know uh you know a four or five would take it out on the elbow and we're like go ahead man yeah right, we know you yeah we know you can't shoot that thing we, we so that's funny 
That, I, bet, I bet that was probably, you know, that's probably something that's, you know, been talked about for years because it was kind of suggested to us, hey, why don't you guys, you know, a lot of you guys play, you know, it's the off season. Why don't you go get competitive and play the basketball team in basketball? And, and we did. It's, it's uh, just kind of, I wonder if it's just been something that's always ha- going on. Oh, yeah. Well, you you remember Clenny Brundage? You remember that name? I know oh, the name, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He, you want to talk about a basketball player. <laughs> you know, and he was a really good deal because a lot of people don't know that he started in basketball the whole time, too. He was a great basketball player. But uh, now the rest of us, just, we just kind of elbow our way. But it was it was fun. Uh, that's awesome, Jody. And uh, Go ahead, that- Sal. No, I was just saying we were talking about guys that we guess that we haven't had on this podcast, right? And man, Coach K, Steve, Coach K on the Black Knight Nation podcast. Well, he, he wasn't an Army football player, Sal. That's true, but we do all kinds of sports here on Black Knight Nation. <laughs> no, we, don't, you know? we could, we could, yeah. I mean, we could reach out see if he wants to come on. But I, Joey, do because you know what he's, you know, it'll be hard for about a six months for a year because once he's retired. You know he's got to rush around and do everything, but he he'll, he he he'd come out. You ought to get if you had Gary on. No, we haven't had Gary Steele. I, I, that's somebody we would love to have on. Yeah, getting uh getting the link up there would be great, Jody. Well, Gary, and let me know because you know, and Ken Johnson was another one. We oh yeah, all about, hey, he's a first team, but. Anyway, Gary would be a good one because he's yeah, a good like man. I, Jody, like he's, I, you know, and like I said, I mean, we don't, you know. It's harder to, you know, we try to connect the Army Brotherhood throughout the generations, right? And we haven't got a lot of guys from your your time. And that's what, you know, we don't care when you played Army football. We just like hearing the stories and telling the stories and connecting the world to, to Army football players from whenever. So um, any, any, you know, you know, you probably got, you probably got Gary on speed dial, you know, and that it's really. I'll, I'll, I'll drop him a note. Yeah, just drop a note. I just I and I know our listeners do, and I know the people that will that'll listen to this tomorrow morning, hearing about this time era and just kind of just it's crazy to think that you guys played those kind of teams with those kind of records. Um, and just you kind of telling stories about names that I've only read about. Um it's just it's just awesome to hear it, man. And we'd love to get some of those guys on here. Well, I will. I will. Uh, if you want, just send me a list of who you who you think. But Gary, but Gary, I know for sure. Now, have you had D'Amico or any of those other guys on? Yeah, uh, we. I, I would like to have Lehman Hall and and Ch- I, I know Chuck and uh, Lehman t- Lehman too. I'd like to have those guys on. Those guys are you know captains and yeah, you know, Lehman Hall, one of the best. Even the, even the cookers, yeah. Have you seen? Have you heard the blood ball story from uh, class of '78? No, no, you need to hear it. I, I, it's not fair if I do it. I'll have. No, that sounds great. It's the thing sounds that they great. did in the '77 season, and they, they it was just put into the Sports Hall of Fame. It's a ball where everyone cut their thumbs and put on a blood mark on the ball because they they, they sucked and they were they were wow. making an oath to each other, and they never told anybody about it ever until they just announced it about four or five months ago. Huh. 
definitely, definitely like to have those guys on. Like, like we said, we we were trying to, hit, like Steve said, we're trying to hit different eras of Army football here, from Nate Sassaman to you. And if we can get like the Lehman Halls and the Chuck D'Amico's on, and I got, we got to do a little bit better job of getting some of the current guys who are just uh, are done. You know that. Yeah, some of the other guys. Yeah, we Max had a, a mod Bradshaw on. That was good. So, uh, who's that? We had a mod Bradshaw on. Um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I mean, we've we've had um some great guys on NFL players. Ali, we'd have on. So yeah, it's been great talking to you. We could probably do a part two, Steve. We could probably do another part two if we had to. Jody's got some of these. No, Jody, I just, Jody, I, I just really no, no. appreciate you taking your time and and, and accepting the invite. Um, well, I Joe just, Ross, talk, I didn't realize what Joe because Joe and I go back because I played fullback sophomore year. Then I would flip flip the linebacker. Oh yeah. Uh, I tell Carter I was gonna. Carter wrote me a note, and I kind of write him back and say, "Hey, look, that was wear that number proudly here." And then you put it to shame, except you're on the wrong side of the ball. That number, you're gonna wear sixty-eight. But uh, I'll, I'll never forget the the, uh, the the last two games at prep school. I played both ways at tailback and linebacker. I'd never never been so sore in my life. And then uh, Coach Ellison kind of flirted with the idea of. You know, me playing fullback and linebacker, and I was like, ah, no, I, I can't. I, I I I physically cannot play fullback in the triple option and middle linebacker in a, in a defense in the, at the college level. Yeah. Who was your coach at, at prep school? We had coach. Ben Kawika, you yeah. know, uh, who's a huge mentor of mine. And then um, – uh, so he was our defensive coordinator. And then Coach Cook – was our uh, was our mm-hmm. offensive coordinator 2006 time frame? Okay, yeah. I, there's a guy that was from Naples was down there. I can't remember his name now, but he co- he played football and then coached. He was a wide receiver, I think. But no, I, I liked the prep school because I was got involved with the guys about trying to get meals. You know, I, that's the dumbest rules I've ever heard of. So you wouldn't understand this, Sal. But the prep school they need to have the football diets and all that stuff. But I I don't I gave at least a bunch of money. So they could have football players can have stuff there because they weren't feeding them. Yeah, yeah. a lot of yeah. lot of guys lost a lot of weight. Yeah, uh, and, and, and that, was, that drove me nuts. Yeah, I said, a lot of our yeah, a lot of our defensive linemen and offensive linemen lost a lot of weight. I came yeah. in, I came in at about two thirty-five, and I think our first game. And I did the same thing at Army though too, where. I came in about two thirty-five to start the the basic training at prep and cadet basic training. And I I played my first game at about two oh six. Lost about thirty pounds. So that sounds like me and Beast Barracks. Yeah, that's how it was. Yeah, yeah. So, Joe, yeah. I just really appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm glad right. we got to connect, and um, I look forward to to linking up with you when I head down to Florida. And I'm gonna make the golf right. outing next year, so we'll link up there. All right, super. Um, at West Point, and um, it's just just awesome to hear that story and and those stories that you told. And, and thanks for coming on. Well, I love love Army football. Always loved you, Sal. Steve, I enjoyed watching you play. It was a pleasure. You're as good as I wish I would have been. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Jody. Beat Georgia okay. State. Who up? <laughs>